it was originally written much more kind of as a straightforward film. But I started thinking about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and if the Seven Dwarfs wanted to kill Snow White, and then how fun it would be to make like a, a runaway bride, Julia Roberts style, riding in the clouds, and then everything just go fucking monster dark. Today on the show, we are joined with Emmy Award-winning director Timothy Woodward Jr. His latest film, Till Death Do Us Part, is coming to theaters across the nation this Friday on August the 4th. And what can I say about this film? It is so fun. It was made in collaboration with the people behind the Final Destination series and is an absolute genre-bending piece. For anybody who likes action, intensity, comedy, love stories, it's got it all. And around picking Timothy's brain about the film and hearing the different layers of how it's made, he also leaves us with some incredible must-hear advice for anybody pursuing the film industry or just your dreams in general. I believe his words are universal and appreciated the time he spent with us today. So let's get into it right now. And Timothy, nice to meet you. How's your day going? That's going good so far. You know, it's another day in paradise. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're doing a lot of press today. Um, I just watched the the movie this morning and I totally enjoyed it. Put a big smile on my face as I was having my morning coffee. And uh, one thing I really, really appreciated about it was just thinking if somebody asked me what genre is this film? Just knowing, like, it's almost, like, hard to explain. It's kind of like this murderous, romantic comedy and all over the place. And I kind of just want to know, uh, how did the script, like, come to you? And what inspired you to just kind of bring this wild story to life? Nice. Yeah, so so um, Chad Law had sent me, the writer sent me the script um, a while back. And I got it, and I kind of skimmed over it. And then I was looking for something to collaborate with Natalie Byrne on. And she sent it back and I opened it up and she's like, you need to look at this. You know, this is cool. And it had like a Def Leppard quote in it from Love Bites. And I was like, oh, this could be fun. You know, mm-hmm. so immediately I went into it, reading it like that. And, you know, it was it's it was originally written much more kind of as a straightforward film you know, where it's more kind of an, just an action movie, you know, was written, but I started thinking about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and if the Seven Dwarfs wanted to kill Snow White, and then how fun it would be to make like a a runaway bride, Julia Roberts style, riding in the clouds, and then everything just go fucking monster dark, you know, just like that, and I was like, yeah, this could be fun and cool, and and, uh, you know, it was something that looked like Natalie already really liked a lot. So I was like, yeah, let's do it, let's rock and roll. So that was that was it. Yeah, amazing. And mission accomplished. It was fun, you know. Like in uh, even as I was watching it and kind of thinking of more like behind the scenes stuff, I was just like thinking like about like how much fun this must have been to make too, with like all these scenes and even though you're doing all these dark like murder scenes and stuff there's also like a high level of sense of humor going on at all times yeah definitely the idea was to keep it light and to go with some juxtaposition so you know where you would typically hear dun 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 or you know you hear rock and robin tweet you know you know and just our sinatra style music or whatever that you shouldn't be necessarily hearing and that was the idea from the start. You know, I literally gave a lot of the actors a playlist from Apple Music and said, you know, we created it. The original title for the movie was The Groomsman. 
And I, I gave them this list and said, this is where it's at. And, uh, you know, and, and had these song cues and ideas that we were going to do that from the start, because it was just, you know, again, it's the idea is keeping it fun in those situations, because when we cut back to the Jason Patrick stuff, it's a little more serious. So mm -hmm. I wanted to round it out. And, and also the, the entire purpose of this movie was literally to make something that could be fun. I mean, that was really it. It was supposed to be something you could watch and go, no, you know, that didn't just happen. Like, oh yeah. my God, you know what I mean? And just have a blast while it's going. So yeah, it's cool. And totally like you mentioned the soundtrack, and that was like another uh, show stealer for me, along with the guy who played the best man. Uh, I just love that character. And I kind of wanted to ask, like, he was just yeah. so loose and awesome in that role. Like, did you give him like a lot of room to do like improv as well? Like as he's like dancing around you know, and everything. You know what? He came in and and you know, I was a little bit we kind of we had looked at some other options and some things, but Cam was on the front of the list at the beginning too, and we came back around to him and we had seen him play you know an asshole in other movies and play the leading guy and I was like you know what though I swear he's got like a swagger about him and so we started talking me and Cam immediately and I thought he was going to kind of be a little more like closed off but he was very open and I was like look this is the this is the guy and this is literally our original conversation I played uh, Mr. Sandman dun, dun, bring me a dream and I was like this guy is mowing the grass it's 1950s he's going hey John Hey, Bob, you know, and then he goes yeah. in his house and someone's tied up in his closet, you know, yeah. he is like that. And whatever he's doing, he wants to do his best job at it. So in this movie, he's the best man. And so he literally came in and he just started having a good time right off the bat. I mean, he got the character immediately. He brought this like swagger to it, but had a lot of fun and made it really unique, you know, and just made it his own. I mean, he's he literally chewed up every piece of scenery that he could. And I wanted him to do that. So I gave him a lot of, you know, those were his dances, his moves, and we collaborated on a lot of stuff. But yeah, he he, he was rocking and rolling. Nice. Like so well done and natural. And even like I'm thinking of scenes now, but I don't I don't want to say I'm on this interview too. I encourage people to go watch the movie and experience them themselves. But uh another uh thing um I appreciated about it too was um seeing the trailer and not knowing or like thinking it was going to be one thing and not knowing this other story going on at the same time with the flashbacks. Yeah. And I find like my brain would kind of get locked in each story in the moment and then it would cut back to the next one. And then I'm like, oh yeah, this is going on too. And then yeah, yeah. to have them both kind of connect together at the end too, I thought was just a really cool surprise. And that was hard, honestly. That was a challenge to, you know, you're going from, I mean, it's already a challenge enough to go from, you know, a rom-com that turns into a killer movie with people getting slaughtered to 1950s music. That's already hard. But then you're adding a serious element into it and backstory and flashback as well. You know, so that was a challenge to find the tone and the pacing for cutting back and forth uh, from that. But luckily we had, you know, Jason Patrick is such a solid actor too. And he was an anchor and him and Natalie and Sedarius and, and Nicole, they did such a good job before them that it made it a little easier to kind of go back and forth. But writing that story, you know, those transitions where the glass hits and you're there and just finding the placement of that and making sure that something doesn't run too long. And, you know, we know that you want to get back to the home invasion, but also you're wondering who is this guy and how he plays in and then being able to wrap it up in a boat 
where you know it all fits and you go oh shit this is why oh shit this is why this happened mm-hmm. and you know it's important it's one of those things where you have to kind of watch it or it looks like it's a very one layered oh runaway bride she runs away but the whole thing is like you know what the fuck is going on who are these people really what do they do for real you know what happened to make her make that decision why and you know hopefully we did a good job tying it all together where you realize oh this happened first and this isn't the future. This is a flashback and keep you guessing, you know? Yeah, I just thought the the pace was awesome. And like you said, just keep you guessing and kind of like uh, having those moments too where the audience member is like asking questions, like where's this going? And it's like a slow burn of the questions you have in your head, like being answered here, here, here. So it just kind of kept me locked into the film, which was really cool. Well, I really appreciate that. I'm glad because it was a challenge in the, in the edit room for sure to to figure that out. Yeah, awesome, man. And as a final question, uh, I noticed like these segments, a lot of uh, aspiring like filmmakers or people jumping into the industry uh, kind of like listen to these segments as well. And just as a director and actor yourself, who's uh, won awards and everything, um, do you have any like general advice or something you wish somebody told you when you first got into the industry that would help uh, them along the way? Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. Uh, You know, ignorance is bliss. Don't listen to everybody that says you can't do it. Don't ever find the reason why you can't, you know, it's, it's miracles happen by people who don't know that they can fail. And that's the honest to God's truth. And, you know, failing isn't bad as long as you fail, you know, fall forward. I mean, and I know that sounds very generic and, and cheesy and everything, but in a way it's not, I think everything you do, every stump you hit you know as long as you just learn from it and you have fun making it that's the big thing and i think once you do get on your path and you start don't forget to have fun because Mm -hmm. it's very easy to get caught up in life and going and aiming for the next thing and always worrying whether it's going to succeed or not worrying whether the audience liked it or not worrying whether you're going to be able to get this actor on the next enjoy the moment of where you're at because it goes fast. You know, when I got here in 2012 and I started making movies, I turned around and it was 2020. And it really felt like that because I was constantly making one thing and then going to the next and challenging myself. And then I jumped into Studio City and got my first Emmy nomination. And then pandemic is like, you know, slows everything. And then you start looking back and you go, man, I wish I would have just taken the time to enjoy the fact that I just made a 1920s gangster film or that I got to live in the Wild West a little more. And so 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 enjoy those, you know, those 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 things as you're climbing the ladder, really take the time to breathe it in and pat yourself on the back and say, look, even if people hate it, even if people don't like it, I made it. And and, uh, you know, I made this project and I got that done. And that's a small step on the way. And just have fun with it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's, that's what I would say. Have fun. That's so well said. And even like, yeah, I notice a lot of people and even sometimes myself, I got to give myself a reminder that you can get too much caught up in the grind too, and have these special moments. And it's like, you're thinking of the next thing, you know, maybe you accomplish something, but you're like, I'm not here yet. And like that ladder never ends. You got to take a breath, you know, it never at 100% never ends. And when you think about you know, when you got started in this business, you know, or, or wherever, and if you come from anywhere else, like I come from South Carolina, 
it's like, where did, what did I want when I came into this business? I wanted to be able to do it successful. I've done that. Now I've won an Emmy. Now I've gotten this, I've gotten that, but yet I still want more. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like, but at the same time, fuck, I would be doing anything in another life. I worked at the steel mill or paper mill. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get to live in Hollywood and I get to make movies for a living and that's life. And that is an amazing thing on its own. So when you stop and take that in, I would always encourage people to take that in and remind yourself that you're, you're still living where most people know that magic happens and you get to do something that you love to do. That's amazing, Timothy. And uh, yeah, I think this film itself too is an example of what you're just saying because like we were talking about, it seems like you just had fun with it. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm excited for people to see this. And obviously, like when it comes out uh, early August, we're going to share the shit out of it and and everything, man. So, yeah, I appreciate it. We need all the help we can get. It's an indie film. You know, we're coming out exclusively in theaters, but, you know, it's still an independent film. And we've got a lot of, you know, competition and we just want to give people a chance to see it the way we made it in theaters. And, you know, we know it's a, an indie movie, but we need all the help and support we can get. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem, Timothy. And uh, thanks again for talking to me today. And I uh, hope you have a wonderful day, man. Yes, sir. You too. Thank you so yeah. much. Appreciate it. Glad care. you enjoyed the film. Thanks once again to Timothy for spending time with us. Always an honor to pick the brain of somebody of his stature and credentials. And I feel like everybody should take in those last words he said about having fun on the journey. Don't forget it, especially when you turn your passion into a profession. I find with the grind, sometimes you can often forget why you started doing this in the first place. And we all need a reminder once in a while. Also, like we mentioned, Till Death Do Us Part is in theaters nationwide August 4th, this Friday, if you're listening to this episode right away. It's a good time, and I totally recommend it if you want to have a good time. All right? And before I go, like always, I want to thank all you legends on the Patreon page. First up, my boy, Michael Carniello of the Testing with Mike YouTube channel. Definitely check him out if you're into electronics, gear, and how to fix that shit. Amanda McKnight of Top 10 Nerd and the Amanda McKnight YouTube channel. Such an awesome, talented lady who celebrates all things comic books and nerd culture. And my big thanks to the lovely Jenny Potter, the legendary Devin McBride, Ryan frickin' Campbell, my favorite soul singer, Saber, and last but not least, Francis Coffer, AKA my mom. If you want a shout out at the end of every one of these episodes and also get these episodes early, raw, and uncut right when I'm done the Zoom call. No edits. I just drop them over here. You can go to patreon.com slash your creative imbalance. It's only four bucks a month. You can buy me a coffee. And at the end of the day, you can go to bed at night and sleep soundly knowing you're a badass motherfucker who supports raw uncut independent media and nobody can take that away from you all right hope you enjoyed this one like always we got more coming to you soon catch you next time peace <laughs>